0: according to the Scriptures, that He was raised from the dead the third day, according to the Scriptures. Jesus died on the cross because I'm a sinner. The only hope for me to have my sin forgiven was for Jesus Christ to die on the cross. So He did. And if He rose from the dead, and that proved that God had accepted that sacrifice, that that sacrifice was good enough, and we've learned from verses 6 through 10 that His sacrifice was necessary and it was enough. You don't have to add anything to it. You can't take anything from it. Isn't that right? So if the gospel is the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ, and that alone, then if I say you have to believe in the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ, receive Christ as your Savior, plus, then you've got to stay right in your doctrine until you die. What is that? That's another gospel. So isn't this good? Anybody here ever make a mistake in your doctrine? Yeah, it's funny. Dalton Robertson, my my friend down in Florida, pastor's down there. He called me. He's preparing a message. And so he called me and he asked me a question about his text and said, do you know of a verse that says about this? And I remembered that about 14 years ago, I had preached a message on that text. So I came into the office, opened up the computer, looked at that text, that that, uh, message. And I'm quoting a guy in that message that believed you had to be baptized to be saved. Oops. <laughs> I'm so glad that I'm not going to do that again. I've learned some things since then because that guy, his name was Max Lucado, just in case you're wondering. He, he, he was, he had added something to the gospel. So that's another gospel and so I, I'm not going to quote him anymore, Amen. He, I don't think he's an evil man. I don't think he's a bad man. I'm glad he got over his alcoholism. That's great. What we, uh, but what he did, I'm pulling for him. So I'm glad that he got through all that. But I don't want to quote him anymore. Uh, I want I want to try and identify with people that that preach and believe right doctrine. Amen. But I'm glad that Lucado, if he's trusting Jesus Christ alone for his eternal life, if that's what he's doing, I'm glad that he gets to go to heaven. Right? So here's the deal. When we, we are a very strong doctrinal church, man. We try to go line upon line, precept upon precept, look at the words of the Bible and get our truth from the words of Scripture. Amen? You don't have to have it all down to go to heaven. Now, we're commanded, study To show thyself approved unto God, a workman that needeth not to be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. We're commanded to study and understand and rightly divide the Scriptures. Amen? But man, you don't have to have it all right. If you make a mistake, if you have a loved one who's in a church that has some doctrine that's not right, if they've trusted Jesus Christ as their Savior, they're still your brother in Christ. They're still your sister in Christ. Amen? Now, don't miss this. They still need to be corrected. That's the whole point of Galatians. But they're still our brothers. I'm glad we don't lose our salvation because we make a mistake theologically. All right? But I certify unto you, brethren, that the gospel which was preached of me is not after man. So what is the point of this? How did Paul receive the gospel? He says, I didn't get it from men. So there are many of you here... I've been your only Bible teacher as a pastor. So you might say, I got my gospel from Jim Alter. But it's not Jim Alter's gospel. Right? But the Apostle Paul is different. See, I would say, I learned how to give the gospel from Bob Alter, my father, who was my pastor. I could say, I learned how to give the gospel from him. I really learned how to communicate the gospel from Dave McCracken, the pastor that I worked for in Oklahoma. So I could say, I learned how to share the gospel from Dave McCracken. The Apostle Paul would never have to say that. Do you know who the Apostle Paul got his gospel from? Jesus Christ himself. That is really cool. Can you imagine that? that? You know, I had to go to Bible college to learn some of this stuff. I had to study and get books and be trained and do all this stuff. And I'm still trying to learn every week. The Apostle Paul had Jesus say, hey, Paul, come with me. Sit down. Let me tell you what this is about. That's amazing. We're going to look at that this morning and look at what it says. Verse 12. For I neither received it of man, neither was I taught it, but by the revelation of Jesus Christ. Now, one thing that Paul does, and we're going to be looking at this over the next few weeks. One thing that Paul does is he wants you to know He's nothing special. Yeah, he said, I got this revelation from God, but that's what it took for me, Paul is saying, because I was such a wicked persecutor of the church. He's not bragging. He's not bragging. But that revelation came from God. So let's look at this. How did Paul receive the gospel? Go with me to 1 Corinthians chapter 15. 1 Corinthians 15, let's, let's define the gospel and then let's go look at how he got it. Y'all doing okay this morning? 1 Corinthians 15, verse 1. Moreover, brethren, I declare unto you the gospel which I preached unto you, which also ye have received, and wherein ye stand. All right? So we're going to learn some things about the gospel right here. Very important. Now, how many of you, somebody give me the standard definition of the gospel, not the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ, but the word gospel. What What is the standard definition of that? Good news. Good news. Now, how many of you think the gospel is good news? Amen. But we have to be careful because it's so much more than good news. The word gospel in the Bible has grown through, through its use in the scriptures The word gospel now has greater meaning than simply good news. Is that right? You know, if someone's expecting a child, that is good news. Amen? Some of you guys, the fact that you ever got married, that's good news. That's a miracle of God. Amen? Josh, I'm just telling you, for you to get Haley, that was good news. All right? But the gospel of Jesus Christ is far greater than good news. And so that's being defined for us here. Now look at what the gospel does. The the gospel is preached. That's what I'm doing right now. The gospel is preached. And then the gospel is... Verse 1 there, 1 Corinthians 15. It must also be received. Just hearing the gospel is enough. You have to receive it and believe it. Is that right? And then... Once you have, it's been preached to you and you have received it, then what happens? You stand in it. Your salvation is not based on what you do. Your salvation is based on the gospel. Your salvation is not based on what you don't do. It's based on the gospel. You don't stand in your good works before you got saved, and you don't stand in your good works after you get saved. You stand in the gospel. All right? You guys aren't nearly as excited about this as I am. Verse 2. By which also ye are saved, if you keep in memory what I preached unto you, unless ye have believed in vain. Oh, wait a minute, Pastor. Does that mean that if I forget what happened to me when I got saved, that I lose it? Do I have to keep remembering it to be saved? No. 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 Look at what it says. Unless you have believed in vain. So here's the idea. There are a lot of people, and I've seen it happen, that what they're... Uh, I, I was in Scotland preaching several years ago for our missionary Jim males, And Scotland is... You guys have been there, right? The Clayton family. Uh, Laurie Lori is a Clayton and your cousin, Matt's cousin. So I, anyway, I was there preaching for Jim Mayles... And it's very difficult to lead people to Christ in uh, Scotland. Very difficult. Well, they had had a preacher come from England who said he had led 30 people to Christ on the train on the way there. And what had he done? He had simply gotten them to pray a prayer with him. Probably to get him to leave them alone. Now, don't miss this. Praying a prayer has never saved anybody. Right? There are a lot of people, hey, say this prayer after me. I believe Jesus Christ is the Son of God. You're saved. You're going to heaven. They don't even know what they've said. Do you know what they've done? They've believed in vain. That's it. Um, There are people, and I've seen this happen so many times, they come to a point in their life where they've made such a mess of their lives that they just want to change. How many of you have met somebody like that? You know, they may have been caught in pornography. They may have uh, ruined their marriage. They may have uh, been on drugs or alcohol. Whatever happens, they come to a place in their life where they've made so many bad decisions that they just want a better life. you ever met somebody that's like that? Well, that person in that state, they say, okay, I'll get saved. This will fix my life. Do you know what that person is doing? They're believing in vain. It's getting really quiet in here. Salvation is not about fixing your life. Salvation is about Jesus Christ being the Savior. See, there's a difference between give me a better life and Jesus Christ, you're my Lord. I believe in your death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ. I'm a worthless sinner and deserve hell. The only hope for my life is you, Jesus Christ. See, salvation is not about me. It's about Jesus. And so what happens is when people are in that low state... Now, let me ask you this. Can someone in that low state get saved? Praise God. Yes. But if all they're doing is looking for another band-aid on their life, that's not salvation, is it? No. No, no, no. That's believing in vain. That's believing in vain. Now, remember, most of us never ask God for anything that Bill Gates couldn't give us. Bill Gates can't give you eternal life. You remember Ted Williams, Ted Williams had all that money, all that fame. What did he do when he died? He froze himself. He's in that cryogenic state waiting for the time when life can be brought back. He's going to be disappointed. (laughs) Because he's going to thaw out. (laughs) All right. Now, 1 Corinthians 15, Moreover, brethren, I declare unto you the gospel which I preached unto you, which also ye have received, and wherein ye stand. Man, I love that. "...by which also ye are saved, if ye keep in memory what I preached unto you, unless ye have believed in vain. For I delivered unto you, first of all, that which I also received." Who did he receive it from? Jesus Christ. How that Christ died for our sins according to the Scriptures, that He was buried, and that He rose again the third day according to the Scriptures. And that He was seen of Cephas... Then of the twelve, after that he was seen of, about five, of above five hundred brethren at once, of whom the greater part remain unto this present, but some are fallen asleep. After that, he was seen of James, then of all the apostles, and last of all, he was seen of me also as one born out of due time. For I am the least of the apostles, and I'm not meet to be called an apostle, because I persecuted the church of God. But by the grace of God, I am what I am. How many, of you didn't know, how many of you didn't know that didn't originate with Popeye? Okay, by the grace of God, I am what I am, and His grace, which was bestowed upon me, was not in vain, but I labored more abundantly than they all. Yet not I, but the grace of God, which was in me. So now, what the Apostle Paul has been doing is laboring for the gospel, but where did he get the gospel? Let's look at it. We'll be done in a minute. Acts chapter 9. Acts chapter 9. Let's look at how did Paul receive the gospel. Man, I thought it was really late. It's only like 11.15. We have at least another hour. All right. Acts chapter 9. First time I preached in Argentina two years ago. I preached, you know, one of my basic messages, about an hour and ten minutes probably. And I got done and I saw these guys kind of looking at each other. And... They're looking at Steve Thornton, our missionary, and he got up and came over and he said, is that all you've got? (laughs) Seriously. That's what he said. I said, what do you mean? He said, well, we're used to going a little longer here. I said, all right, let's go again. Open your Bibles too. And I just preached another full sermon. And so maybe we'll just warm up for that this morning. (laughs) All right. Acts chapter 9, verse 3. You know, let's get get verse 1 for the context. And Saul, and you all understand Saul... Became the Apostle Paul. And Saul, yet breathing out threatenings and slaughter against the disciples of the Lord. Did you get that? Threatenings and slaughter. He went unto the high priest and desired of him letters to Damascus, that's Syria, to the synagogues, that if he found any of this way, what way? Those following the way, the truth, and the life. If he found any of this way, whether they were men or women, he might bring them bound unto Jerusalem. And as he journeyed, he came near Damascus, and suddenly there shined round about him a light from heaven. And he fell to the earth and heard a voice saying unto him, Saul, Saul, why persecutest thou me? Man you imagine Jesus Christ? You messing up so bad, Jesus Christ has to yell at you from heaven? That's Paul. And he said, Who art thou, O Lord? And the Lord said, I am Jesus, whom thou persecutest. How is it Jesus Christ had risen and ascended before the apostle Paul had begun his persecution? How? was Paul persecuting Jesus Christ. If any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. Amen? We are His body. We are, according to 1 Corinthians chapter 12, when we are born again, we are baptized by the Holy Spirit into Jesus Christ. So when... Paul, when Saul was persecuting the church, he was actually persecuting Jesus Christ. Did you know that if you're saved, you are in Christ? You are a part of Jesus himself? Now, why persecutest? I am Jesus Christ whom thou persecutest. It is hard for thee to kick against the pricks. What's that talking about? Well, they would yoke oxen together and plow with them, but the guy walking behind the oxen, if the oxen didn't like him very much, they'd kick him. Now, I don't know about you, but I don't want to get kicked by an ox, and neither did they. So they would put sharp, pointed sticks down between them and the oxen, and so when the oxen would start to kick, he'd kick those sharp things, and even oxen are smart enough to know not to do that. The oxen were smart enough to know not to do that. Paul wasn't. The Apostle Paul... Now, now here's why. Why does the Bible say, why did Jesus Christ say that Saul was kicking against the pricks? What is that? Well, the Holy Spirit of God pricks our hearts. Look at Acts chapter 8. This will show you how it works. Acts chapter 8, verse 54 I'm sorry, Acts 7, 54. Stephen is preaching to the Jews and Paul is there. Paul is listening to Stephen preach this. And the Bible says, when they heard these things, they were cut to the heart. That is the Holy Spirit of God Cutting their hearts, they're feeling in their innermost being the truth of what's being preached, but they rejected it. Paul was there. So Paul had heard the preaching of the Word of God, had been drawn by the Holy Spirit of God to know what the truth is. Now here's the difference between Paul and you and me. The Bible says that in, in 1 Corinthians, That Paul received, he said, I received that, I I preach unto you that which I also received, or that which he also received, about the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ according to the Scriptures. Don't miss this. What Scriptures? Apostle Paul wrote 1 Corinthians in 15, I'm sorry, in 58 AD. What Scriptures? The Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, were being written around that same time. What scriptures is he talking about? The Old Testament scriptures. The Old Testament prophesied of the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ. What was the Ethiopian eunuch studying when Philip went and preached to him? Isaiah chapter 53. And Isaiah 53 is about Jesus Christ being crucified, and it even teaches His resurrection. Isaiah chapter 53. So what the Bible says is that the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ, according to the Scriptures, we have the New Testament Scriptures, the Apostle Paul only had the Old Testament Scriptures. Here's the difference between Paul and you. Paul would have had the entire Old Testament committed to memory. Paul, or Saul at this time, was probably the greatest theological mind on the face of the planet. He had studied at the feet of Gamaliel, the greatest Jewish rabbinical scholar in the world. That's who had taught Paul. And Paul, according to his own testimony, exceeded all of the other students. He was the greatest mind in the world. And remember what Jesus Christ had said to the Pharisees? Paul was a Pharisee. And not only a Pharisee, he was a Pharisee of the Pharisees. He was the most conservative of all the conservatives. He'd make Ron Paul look liberal. Okay? So now, this is who Jesus Christ is coming to and saying, Why do you kick against the pricks? You, of all people, know who I am. Why are you rejecting me? Remember what Jesus Christ said to the Pharisees? Search the Scriptures. For in them you think you have eternal life. And these are they that testify of me. What Scriptures was he talking about? The Old Testament Scriptures. Luke chapter 24, Jesus Christ reveals himself. He's walking with some disciples on the Emmaus Road after his crucifixion. And it says, and beginning with Moses and the prophets, he expounded unto them all things concerning himself. Is that right? Later on when he revealed himself to his disciples, Luke chapter 24, later on in the chapter, and he's sitting there and he's eating with them. He said again, he went to Moses and Psalms and the prophets and taught them about himself. So here is Paul, the Apostle Paul, before that as Saul, the, 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 the biblical scholar who is rejecting Jesus Christ. Do you know what Jesus said to him? You're kicking against the pricks. You know the truth. You're just rejecting the truth. And this is what you and I have to understand. Unbelief is not an intellectual problem. Unbelief is a spiritual problem. There are a lot of people around the world who know the truth of the Word of God. They just won't believe it. They just won't receive it. They just won't accept it. So now, let's look at what happens. What did... uh, Let's read on here, verse 5 again. We're in Acts chapter 9 and verse 5. And he said, Who art thou, Lord? And the Lord said, I am Jesus, whom thou persecutest. It is hard for thee to kick against the pricks. And he, this is Saul, trembling and astonished, wouldn't you be? Said, Lord, what wilt thou have me to do? And the Lord said unto him, Arise, and go into the city, and it shall be told thee what thou must do. Now, so he arises. What did did Paul learn here? What did he receive from the Lord? What does Paul learn directly from the Lord Jesus Christ on the road to Damascus? Well, he learns that Jesus Christ is Lord. Amen? Now, don't miss this. Don't miss this. He didn't learn just his name, Jesus. That if thou shalt call upon the name of the Lord, thou shalt be saved. What is Lord? In charge of everything. You acknowledge that Jesus Christ has the right to command you. That's salvation. That's salvation. Yeah, I want to get saved, but I don't want to follow him. That's not salvation. All right? Now, he learned that Jesus Christ was Lord. He said, Who art thou, Lord? I am Jesus. Then he learned that he's risen from the dead. I am Jesus, whom thou persecutest. And he learned that he has ascended into heaven. No man revealed this to him, the Lord revealed it. Now go to Acts chapter 22. Acts chapter 22. Y'all doing all right this morning? All right, Acts chapter 22. And look at verse 17. And it came to pass that when I was come again to Jerusalem, even while I prayed in the temple, I was in a trance and saw him saying unto me, Make haste and get thee quickly out of Jerusalem, for they will not receive thy testimony concerning me. And and I said, Lord, they know that I imprisoned and beat in every synagogue them that believed on thee. And when the blood of thy martyr Stephen was shed, I also was standing by and consenting unto his death and kept the raiment of them that slew him. He held the coats for him, And he said unto me, Depart, for I will send thee far hence unto the Gentiles. Okay, so what else did he get directly from Jesus Christ? The gospel was revealed to him and the other apostles that had been preached to the Jews. And he also learned that he was going to go far and preach the gospel to the Gentiles. This was new information. The other disciples were not wanting to go to the Gentiles at that point. And he was going to go. Um, Then look at Acts chapter 26. Remember that came from Jesus himself. Look at Acts chapter 26, verse 14. And when we heard, and when we were all fallen to the earth, I heard a voice speaking unto me and saying in the Hebrew tongue, Saul, Saul, why persecutest thou me? It is hard for thee to kick against the pricks. So what is he learning from Jesus Christ himself? He's learning about salvation, forgiveness of sins, deliverance from the devil, an inheritance. What, what a, where does all that come from? Look at verse 15. And I said, Who art thou, Lord? And he said, I am Jesus, whom thou persecutest. But rise and stand upon thy feet, for I have appeared unto thee for this purpose, to make thee a minister and a witness both of these things which thou hast seen and of those things in the which I will appear unto thee. Who's speaking? Jesus Christ in the which I will appear unto thee, delivering thee from the people and from the Gentiles unto whom I now send thee, to open their eyes and to turn them from darkness to light and from the power of Satan unto God, that they may receive forgiveness of sins and inheritance among them which are sanctified by faith that is in me. All right, so now here's what happens. The Apostle Paul is learning from Jesus Christ about salvation, forgiveness of sins, deliverance from the devil, inheritance to everybody who receives Jesus Christ. It's freely given to anybody who puts their faith in Jesus Christ. Now, notice what, it, what this gospel is. It's not salvation that I get to go to heaven when I die. It's deliverance from the power of Satan right now in your life. It's deliverance from the power of sin right now in your life. It's deliverance from the power of the culture right now in your life. That is the gospel that the Apostle Paul received from Jesus Christ. You can be free. You can have liberty. You can have power in this world to tell other people about Jesus Christ. That's the gospel that Paul received. Not from any man. He received it from Jesus Christ himself. Do you know what? When we give the gospel, it's a supernatural gospel that we give. This gospel didn't come from man. We don't follow a man. Amen? An angel brought a gospel to Joseph Smith. Remember? The angel Moroni. And he gave him these special glasses, the human and the thumimin. And this angel Moroni brought him these golden plates... And these golden plates were the Book of Mormon, and no one could read it because it was in Reformed Egyptian hieroglyphics. Of course, there's no such thing as Reformed Egyptian hieroglyphics, but Joseph Smith, Palmyra, New York, he got it. An angel brought it to him. Who do those people follow? They follow a man. Amen? We don't follow a man. Who do the Mohammedans follow? Muhammad, who do we follow? Jesus Christ. Say, hey, Jesus was a man, yeah, but He was the God-man. Born of a virgin. Lived a sinless life. Died on the cross. Rose from the dead, proving that He was not is and always will be God. Ascended to the right hand of the Father, where He waits to come back and take you and me with Him forever. Amen. Our gospel is not of man. It's from the Lord Jesus Christ. The Apostle Paul didn't give it of men. It's not by men. If you preach something else, that's a man's gospel and you're accursed. You preach the gospel of Jesus Christ, God will bless you. It's real. It's power. Amen? Amen. Amen. Thank you, Lord, for your word. Thank you for the opportunity to preach it.